I am Karen Eikhoff, Associate Pastor at Trinity Baptist Church, and I want to welcome you to our podcast today on Rediscovering Joy. Our discussion today on Rediscovering Joy is discussing the joy of excellence. Our scripture focus comes from Philippians 4, 8-9. Finally, brothers and sisters, whatever is true, whatever is noble, whatever is right, whatever is pure, whatever is lovely, whatever is admirable, If anything is excellent or praiseworthy, think about such things. Whatever you have learned or received or heard from me or seen in me, put it into practice, and the God of peace will be with you. The joy of the Christian life should be evident to believers and non-believers, to Christians and non-Christians. We should live in such a way that all who see us would want the same joy in them that they see in us. One activity that leads to joyful living is thinking on the good things of life. This is expressed in this passage. Paul is giving insight to the Philippians on how he has been living. He has focused on truth, justice, and excellence. Paul also focused on prayer in earlier verses. As prayer and a positive mindset have benefited him, so they will benefit the church and its members. Think on these things. I've asked a very special leader and a lady in our church who is an incredible Sunday school teacher at Trinity to discuss with us the joy and finding joy in excellence. We will focus on excellence in our spiritual life or faith and excellence in teaching. As a matter of fact, I want to introduce Bobby Fur. She is a wonderful mentor and a delightful Bible teacher within Sunday school. Listen as she shares her joy in serving and the excellence of teaching. So as I ask you these questions, Bobby, welcome. Thank you. We're glad to have you here. Oh, I'm glad to be here. Um, First off, I'd like to ask you, what are the joys of your life? Maybe personal joys. Well, of course, you know, the first thing I would think of is my grandchildren. I have four grandchildren. One of them graduated at State last week. Two of them are in college. One of them's in 11th grade. And they are absolutely wonderful. They give me so much joy. Now, don't get me wrong. I love my children, but the grandchildren are on a higher place than on my list. (laughs) But my children come next. Oh, my goodness. They're wonderful. Being a stay-at-home mother was the best job I've ever had. Those were wonderful years. But when it came time to think about sending them to college, I had to go back to work. But I loved those years with them. And then I had a wonderful husband. He died with cancer 22 years ago when he was just 61. I met him in the school cafeteria at the place where in those days you put your milk bottle back in the crate when you finished eating where when you were throwing away your trash. Oh, wow. Now, some of you may be old enough to remember those days. Well, we were both in the third grade, but in different classrooms, so we didn't know each other. Well, one look at that sweet boy putting his milk bottle in the crate, and I knew I was going to love him, and I did. For 40 years, we had together. Oh, that is so sweet. Uh, I love hearing the stories of you and Dr. Fern. Um, I'd also like to ask you about the joys in your spiritual life. What are some joys you have there? Well, the first thing I think of there is a church. I love my church. I've loved all the churches I've been in. Bill was the pastor of five different churches in his career, and I love them all. I believe that church folks have helped me in so many ways. Now, there have been some hard times, but not many, not nearly enough that the good times didn't drown them out. So what would you say 
are the joys of your faith. Well, Which my, would be a little different, I guess. Yeah, it is. It, uh, my faith makes me happy. I grew up in a large church in Concord, North Carolina. Most of the folks in that church worked in the cotton mills in that town. They were wonderful to me. And they set me on a trip that I call Christianity that was full of love and peace and helpfulness and taking care of each other. I am forever thankful for that. It has been what has kept me going in good and bad times. Wow. I've always known you to serve, to teach and to minister to people in your class. And um, you've always been an example of faith to me. Um, you've also ministered to people in need. And I see that as a, a great joy as well. You seem to get joy, like from the Montagnard family or homeless and several other ministries and missions that you've been a part of personally and with your class and with your church. So um, I, I admire you and see your joy in faith. Um, you also seem to portray a joy in your teaching. Where does that joy come from? Well, I love teaching my Sunday school class. They are some of the finest people in the world. They are so loving and kind and good to me. I know I could call on any of them right now if I needed something and they'd come running. How could you not like that? We have a wonderful time together, even during the pandemic. We share our joys and sorrows and know that we're in this together. We love each other. Teaching also gives me a chance to do more Bible study than I probably wouldn't do if I didn't teach. Now, that's not a good thing, but I'm afraid for me that may be what would happen if I weren't teaching. Well, at, right now, as we're looking to um, encourage our teaching to return back to, to church or continue teaching in a better way through the virtual method. I'm a big educator and I think training is important and understanding all that. So how do you strive for excellence in preparing your lesson each week? How do you strive for excellence in teaching? And how do you strive for excellence in ministering to your class? Those three things I think are important, preparing, teaching, and ministering. And you seem to have joy in it, but how do you prepare for the excellence that you have? Well, I have an advantage in preparing because Bill had a library. <laughs> now, a lot of those books are way beyond my ability to understand, it, but lots of them are very helpful to me. So I, I'm probably ahead of the game in having things to help me prepare. And if you know the Baptists, they send you all kinds of stuff to help you prepare in lessons. I think when you teach a class, you really need to know your class members so that you can make the scripture personal to them. During the pandemic and during times lately in my class, when we have had some deaths of members, I've tried so hard to make my lessons uplifting and helpful because the whole group suffers when just one or two are having a sad time. I have a pretty large class and it takes a lot of time to do the ministering part of the class. But you know, I'm retired, and what I have the most of is time. So I decided that I spend a lot of time praying for and thinking about folks in my class. I keep a list of birthdays of the members and anniversaries of the couples and try to give them a greeting of some kind on those days. And I think about them in particular on those special days. I try to call them occasionally and get, try to get to know them better. I had a large group of new members a while back and I took them out to lunch individually to get to know them and understand what I might be able to do to make their lives happy. 
Recently, I've done something that I believe has helped me get closer to the class members. During the pandemic, I was able to communicate mostly on the telephone. And sometimes when I realized that they had many things they were trying to do and some sad things they had to handle, I would tell them as I hung up my telephone, I'm going to sit down right now and say a prayer for you. And I did it. And it helps me as much as it helps them. This is actually a, a lesson in and of itself for me and other church members to just see how you minister to your class. And it can be an example to all of us. Do you think that the excellence you give toward teaching allows your class to see your joy and then in turn, the class members are joyful? Well, I surely hope so. I know that for me, it is so much more fun to be with folks who are happy and looking on the bright side of life. You know the words to the old song, keep on the sunny side, always on the sunny side. Keep on the sunny side of life. It'll help you every day. It will brighten all the way if we keep on the sunny side of life. You know, I remember the sad time when Bill was dying after being diagnosed with cancer. We had two and a half months before he died, and he would remind me and the children occasionally that every day is a gift. That's why it's called the present. And so I have tried to keep that as a motto for my life every day, one day at a time, and enjoy the good things that come every day and kind of push the bad stuff to the bottom. Is that how you encourage joy within encourage joy within your class? Yeah, I do. I, during the pandemic, I have sent an email every week to all the members of my class. Some of them have not been able to join Zoom, and I did so much want them to know they were loved and a part of us, even though they were not with us on Zoom. Many times I gave a list of what my class members were supposed to do every day of the week. So we were all doing something together, even though we were not all together. We read the entire New Testament together. As I divided the scripture passage up by days, so when I was reading a passage, I knew that the other members of the class were reading that same passage. Sometimes I suggested that every day we pray 15 minutes for another member of the class. And if we wanted to, we could contact them and say we did. I also told them funny stories. You know, there are a lot of funny stories about church, and I've had a lot of funny things happen at church. But after what happened, a few weeks after I started telling funny stories, people started sending me, emailing me funny stories. And so some of them I shared with the rest of the class in my email. But I'd like to end with one of my favorite stories. An old Indian woman walked eight miles carrying a pottery vase she had lovingly and skillfully made as a gift for the missionary who was soon to go on furlough. As the missionary looked at the vase, he said gratefully, and to think that you walked eight miles to bring it to me and have to walk eight miles back. Her face showed amazement as she replied, but the walk is part of the gift. I'd like to change that a little and say, the walk is the gift. Make your gift a joyful one. Oh, thank you, Bobby. That has really touched me and, um, I hope it brings encouragement to others. I know it will. And I think I want to send this off to be one of our teacher training events <laughs> <laughs> for adult leaders, as well as youth leaders and children's and um, that we could all learn from your example in excellence in teaching. Thank you. As Christians, we must encourage and live in a manner that is noble, right, pure, lovely, and admirable. 
If anything is excellent or praiseworthy, think on these things. I think we've thought on some things today. And um, quality and committed teaching has the power to move our will into action. Finding joy in such a commitment influences the learner and the learning. So I'm honored to know you, Bobby, and to know Bobby and to see her and the joy that she has in teaching and being an influencer of excellence. I'm proud to know the excellence to which you seek to teach. Excellence in studying as best that you can, and excellence in contacting members, excellence in just sharing the good news with others. As we move back toward coming back or reshaping our services, our church, and our Sunday school for the future, we are looking for excellent teachers, leaders, and those individuals committed to excellence. The example here is not only to teach and share Christian faith in words, but to live it and exhibit it in our lifestyle. We should strive for excellence in everything. Therein is the joy. And I love your story. Therein is the walk. <laughs>